No, yes. Oh, by the no, way. No, it gave me a little thing and it said changes will take effect after recording ends. Mike, guess what happened last what? week? I hit record and it recorded three seconds. 45 plus minutes lost oh, of good, no. like solid material. But I verified it did start recording. We didn't change anything. So I keep eyeballing that fucking light. It's recording. Welcome to the Buckhorn Pubcast. I got confused and Brandy's here and Mike and Jeff. Yeah. We're all, Howdy, y'all. We're all doing a thing. I put two wieners in my mouth and now I'm slurping on a pickle. That's gross. Mm. It's a nice little Tuesday. <laughs> Great Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I call that a Friday night. <laughs> oh, shit. So, previously for recorded episode, I don't know when I'm going to release this one. You guys did Southern Tier. Now you're you're just on the Middle West. Bourbon Hunters barrel pick that is 125 proof. Yep. And is fucking delicious. So good. Like, that is probably one of my favorite bottles. Much yep. better than the Southern Tier stuff. Oh, like yeah. The Southern Tier shit was so... Epically. So, like, if you're oh. listening to this now, you'll get to hear the Southern Tier show next. Or first, if you're hearing or this maybe... Now, you've already listened to the Southern Tier show. Look, guys, we record stuff, and it gets released when it gets released. So. I... Don't well, I usually try to keep things in order, but I don't you know do. where where this one's going to fall. I mean, it's not like we do many multi series. Mm. Yeah, sounds like rain. <laughs> no rain. <laughs> so, so Randy brought Jeff. Yeah, it's my Jeff's cousin. here to talk about. It's weird hearing Jeff so much. Yeah, Peters. Yes, Jake. He's from State Farm. Also known. Um, Jake. Jake. Oh. Jake. Jake. Oh, yeah. Jake. Yeah. Well, Khakis and a the funny thing is, everybody knows him as Jay or Jeff or Jeffrey if you look at his Facebook. At least you don't spell it with the G. But that's not even his name. That's Geoff. It's Geoff. Isn't it weird to have Jeffrey as a nickname? I don't know. You know his real name? Mark. Rupert. <laughs> Rupert. I'm calling you Rupert from now on. Is it Marcus <laughs> Jeffrey? Mark Jeffrey. Yeah. It's actually Marquise. A.K.A. <laughs> <laughs> J. A.K.A. Bonqueef Queef. Yeah. Depends on what day of the week it is. You're still in my phone as Bonqueef Queef. I think it's been like 12 years. Inside running jokes. Inside jokes. Well, back when you could do those like face and the whole things, not the fun kind of like you're thinking. Glory holes? Yeah. Um, he he had this big old black dude stick one through and just hit him right in the eye. And it changed his life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. No, he just sent this thing. I was this big, like, precious black girl, but his face on it. <laughs> and he said somebody how he changed. This was like 15 years ago. And I, he changed his name to Bon Queef Queef. <laughs> <laughs> and I changed my phone, and I've just never thought to change it. So anytime, because we usually use Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And anytime he texts or calls me, he says, Bon Queef Queef is calling or whatever. You got to sneeze? Oh, I already did. Gesundheit. That was dainty. Well, no, I almost blew out my O ring, but I didn't, want, I, awesome. I didn't, didn't need that on the podcast. Yes, better yes, out we than do. in, I always say. <laughs> Martellus farted directly onto his mic. Oh, I have. If yeah. you squeeze the uh, wind, wind guard there, you can still smell it. Mm. Have to go back Every, and find that episode. Everybody likes their own brand. <laughs> it's like right at the end, yeah. I think. We're talking all of a sudden, he just grabs his mic from his desk, rips it out of the stand because his desk mount at his house is yeah. like a whole. It's a, I got a Howard Stern articul- articulating thing. arm. And he rips the mic out and looks at me and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was All it right, was good. It was real good. Yeah, so here we are. I'm serving pickles, brought Jay down. He called me like two days ago. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, it was Wednesday, three days ago. He's like, Hey, 
uh, we want to kind of talk about what we're doing. Can I be on the podcast sometime? I said, what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> she was like, oh, uh, so yeah, here he is. So, Take it away, Jeff. It's all you. So uh, <laughs> Jay, I'll set him up a little, and then I'll eat my pickles and drink my whiskey. And we'll knock him down. And uh, we will. <laughs> so Jay used to work for Verizon. Um, he got not laid off, but you got a big severance package. Can you get me a discount on my cell bill? Not anymore. Dude, I used to. Dude, I used to call him all the time. I'd be like, hey, uh, something, something, something. He's like, I'll check it. Done. Oh, I fucking hate Verizon now. But uh, yeah, we have T-Mobile. Yeah, now. I, fi- I finally gave it. I'm gonna it was nice to... when you knew somebody that could do stuff at Verizon at the headquarters. But once he left, I was like, eh. Well, it's not even. It's their service has gone downhill. Like even like out here, it'll show. I have five. I have two bars of five G. But I, I could probably not make a, a call, even though that it, I have Full half bars. service. But okay. when I'm down at my sister's in Florida. Verizon, they're in like a Verizon dead zone. Yeah, it's Florida. Nobody wants to be there. Well, no, everybody apparently wants to be there because they're all moving from Ohio. Gross. But anyway, Jay. You just don't want to be there. True. True story. Jay got a, uh, he got a big severance package, I'll say. He got to go to stay in Oregon for a while with a buddy. Uh, lived in Mexico for six months. Um, worked on a mission there uh, for, uh, what was the mission about? Uh, I don't know how to describe. I remember Juan Carlos. Osama. They had to take out. <laughs> he was he was a at a, he was at a, uh, a yeah. prison camp. Boss. The only thing Jay would take out of Martel and boss for was tacos, and they'd be and it, he'd be like a Burt Kreischer, but with cocaine instead of the Russian mafia. He'd be with Mexican Martel. Okay. <laughs> he wouldn't be the machine. He'd be the you engine. Catch us at Mexican Martel. <laughs> yes. <I> just, <laughs> La machina. Because the funny thing about it was I didn't mean La to machina. say Mexican Martel. <laughs> I meant sick Martel. But anyway, so yeah, what was what was the mission about? So uh, in Me- it was in Carmen Day, and it's basically a mission uh, for disabled kids um, because the culture in Mexico, a lot of times if they had a child that had a mental disorder, cerebral palsy, autism, um, fetal alcohol syndrome, they would consider them unclean or impure. And so once they figured out that that child had that, they would drop them off at a local fire station a hospital, and basically just drop them off. I tried to do that with my kids. So that didn't work? No, they came back. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was you tried to dress up like a baby and drop yourself off. I did that, too. Take me away. <laughs> I, mean I, dropped, I dropped the kids off the other day at the at the fire station, and the fire station called and said, um, these kids are ready to go home. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking we, about. We don't want to feed them anymore. <laughs> what, what kids? I've never had kids. I don't have any kids. Harley would eat that whole firehouse out of house and home. Yeah, she's we call she's her so the, tiny. We call her the bear, and all she does is eat. Every time oh. I'm over there, she like I'll walk in, she's eating, and then she'll come in while we're recording. She's like, "Can I get a snack?" I'm like it was 15 I'm minutes. Like, ago. I haven't eaten four hours. You've eaten three times in the last hour. Like, yeah, she that's impressive. Just eats anyway. Good. So anyway, <laughs> so, yeah. So anyways, the 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 mission took in these kids around sur- uh, surrounding areas, and they basically had them. Um, from when they were eight to now they're like 30, but they need full care all the time. They have to be fed, they're wheelchair bound, they need to do like physical therapy, you have to change their diapers, you have to bathe them, you have to basically do everything for them. Um, and I found the place basically going on a mission trip at a, I think Jason Otero was on, was he on this? Uh, I think he was, yeah, I think it's uh, because of Caleb, I thought. Yeah, well, I got there through Jason Otero, who was a pastor at the time, and uh, he told Man, me I had... how the turntables have turned. 
Especially when I just got a... Oh, I don't want to say the text I got from since we said his full name, but you'll see it. It's in the group chat. Oh, okay. I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> but yeah, I went there on the mission trip, and I just fell in love with it, and it kind of like um, changed my heart. I was going through a real tough time at that period of my life, and just seeing the joy of uh, and the love that kids with these broken bodies and disabilities can still show kind of changed me and I, and I, I had a, such a heart and love for that place and then I eventually went and lived down there as like a missionary and served down there on staff uh, for months and then while I was living down there Verizon closed my corporate offices as said Randy how I got the severance check literally while I was living in Mexico in Carmen Sardin they closed my offices and then they gave me a severance check so it gave me kind of like a, a nice reset on my life at like 35 or whenever that was yeah, and the cool thing about this story, too. So, it, like, it, three months ago. We're, no, I was, <laughs> actually, it was 2000. Yeah, I was going to say, you would have been closer to 30 at that time. Yeah, I was closer to 30. Um, no, the cool thing about the story was I, I grew up with Jeff. We're cousins. Uh, we lived in the same hood together. I used to stay on his house. I had to sleep on the floor, so we were below gunshot range. I've told that story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of afraid that I don't it's, know all the stories that's been told that I may not well, be with. Guess you should have supported our podcast more. Guess you should listen. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Mainly, I don't. I don't say full names a lot, so you're okay. Okay. We're only 300 and some episodes in, yeah. and they're each oh, about I an hour. Listen to episodes like <laughs> the one uh, I did. Listen to the one the when we did the Florida trip um, with Jason and them. Uh, gosh, oh yeah, went. down to Destin. Destin, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a trip. That I was that the one where you tripped and fell in the sand and rolled down the beach. <laughs> that was, that was just me trying to to glisten myself up with sand. I was trying to coat myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I spread my saliva all over my body and rolled rolled you around. You don't even need to do that. That's gross. <laughs> but it, well, it got what really sucked though is I got a bunch of like a uh, sand rug burn type stuff when everybody tried to push me back in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were a beach whale. It's like help him. You can't breathe. I'm like I'm breathing. <laughs> don't push me in the ocean. No, the cool thing about Jay's story, though, is like we, we grew up together. We went through a lot together. Uh, we grew up in church, but then we both drastically veered away from church for a long time. Um, we both Me too. dealt with different addictions. We've dealt with our own personal struggles. We've had family problems. You know, life. And some people have it worse than others, or some people have different things they go through than others, and they both suck. It's not one sucks more than the other, but... Uh, when Jay went to this mission trip the first time, he went down there just like, okay, I'm going to go do something with a buddy. He wasn't, you know, really had no direction, I don't think, mm. in his life. He was kind of coasting and partying, which I was too. And then when he gets down there, I remember he ended up, like, turning back to, to the faith a little. And then he got baptized. And they baptized him in this pool. But it wasn't a, like, open for the season pool. It was, like, green water slurry pool. Mm, it was, like, random Mexico <laughs> pool that's never been cleaned. Type yeah. pool. Drink the water. It was, like, half full. I was, like, yeah. You may have been an animal floating in you it. You may have gotten baptized, but now you're going to die. So yeah. good yeah. thing you got, you got your things right with God. They told me to burn my clothes after it happened. <laughs> Ugh. But, uh, yeah, it was cool because to see him come back from the life where it was just basically about making money, driving a nice car, partying, um, to go, okay, now I want to help these kids who are, well, kids, that are these people that are my age, and I have to change their diapers and stuff like that's not something Jay would have ever done. Like, so it's really cool to see the transformation that basically getting laid off, how it affected his life in this trip. Uh, because after he went back and lived there again, and it sucked for us because we didn't get to see him, but it was cool to see we'd get random videos, especially Juan Carlos. Mm-hmm. And Juan Carlos was this dude, he had cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. couldn't talk. But when Jay would videotape, he's like, Juan Carlos, what are you doing up? You're supposed to be in bed. Of course, as Mike has referred to many times, I'm still up at midnight one right. in the morning. 
And uh, yeah, we'd get these videos from Jay. Be like, you're supposed to be sleeping. One Carlos would just be like, ah, and, like he can't talk. We can see. <laughs> and he was a chunky was, boy like us. Yeah, and like, he was so happy. Was, like, was he on a top bunk? He, he always looked like yeah. he was on top bunk. <laughs> and I'm like, like I'm like, hold on. He was on an elevated bed. Okay, I'm like, this dude's this dude's hefty. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't huge. He was, he was he's a big guy. He was hefty. He has to pause. I'm like, how the f is he up on that bed? But you can just see the joy in this dude's face, and I'm like, it, <coughs> it, it made me laugh because honestly, it was funny. I'm not gonna lie. Michael um, choking on bourbon made me laugh. Oh my God. <laughs> but uh, no, you could just see that Jay was having a good time, and that Juan Carlos was just loving the the companionship. It wasn't just you know somebody's helping me and my life sucks. This dude seemed genuinely happy with what was happening. Um, but that led, so Jay comes back. My aunt and uncle have this little church um, right up by Villanova. Mm, uh, up in, what is it? Bad Juju. What, what area is that? Clintonville? Clintonville. Um, they bought this old church that was built in 1950. It's called Church on Como. And it's on Como. That's the name of the street. And music, Derek and I have played there before. The coolest thing is, the first time we play there, we get to go in church, and the greeters are out front smoking cigarettes. Because the because addiction is real. Well, it is, it, and that's the thing. So my aunt and uncle, are, look at this. I just tried to refresh my Instagram feed. And I'm getting could not refresh feed. Sorry, we're talking about Verizon. <laughs> Bullshit. You're really angry about it. get off, get off your phone, Tyler. So, <laughs> Mark Tyler. <laughs> I mean, Jeff could be telling us this story, but you're just talking for him. I was trying to find a picture of Juan <laughs> Carlos so you could see it. That's what I was really trying to find. But yeah, so well, I was trying to set up what Como is and what they do. But they help people yeah. who come out of jail and out of addiction. They give them a job. They teach basically people who have never had parents teach them how to do finances, pay their bills. These people are adults now. They're coming out of prison. They have nothing, so they run a restoration business and they do gardening and stuff. They give these people jobs. Yeah, they get their checks and show them here's how you pay your bills. Here's what you have left, and they help people start a life. So it's cool because yeah, Juan he Carlos, is a chunky boy. He is. Mm-hmm. He's a chunky boy. But he was always like Good so smile. happy in the videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he's so happy. And I he love can't getting help him. It, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually really pissed right there. <laughs> Sitting in a diaper full of shit. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hasn't changed his diaper yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's laughing, like, come get it. Yeah. yeah it's loaded. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Smearing. Mm, shit but, up uh, the back. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so that's what Como does. And what I was doing is setting it up to let Jay kind of talk about how he started with Como and what he now runs. Yeah. So now you can take over. So yeah, Como's organization I work for, it was mainly a drug recovery program. Um, that's what it started out with. Um, and then eventually it turned into um, uh, we. Uh, uh, how did I say it? We took over uh, uh, Inner City Ministries, which was another organization on Sullivan and Salter Avenue, which is right uh, in the inner city of Columbus. Um, and we basically turned those into men and women homeless resource centers. Um, and so the recovery program has been going on for, like I said, 10 years. We just recently had our second 10-year sober graduate. Um, so we're really, you know, really happy for that. Congratulations, Josh. Um, but the goal there is, I mean, I don't know, Martell and them, have, have you guys been to Sullivan Avenue or the Hilltop? I try to stay the fuck away from that <laughs> yeah. side of town. I, 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 I'm not saying that, like, it's a regular spot, but I've been <laughs> yeah. through. I've, I've driven very quickly through there. Yeah. I, lived, I lived off of Sullivan, so yeah. 
When, when I said we grew up in the hood, I was on the Lower West Side. Jay was up north. Projects literally across the street from his house. Um, I mean, I've had hookers come up to my window and try to offer themselves <laughs> to me over there. And I'm like, yeah, window up. I was working with him one Sunday in a <laughs> semi pulled up, no trailer. To these two girls walking down the street, and when he pulled away, only one was left standing there. So, lot lizard, yeah, yeah, yeah. but on the street, yeah. It was, uh, if, if you've never, if you don't know what we're talking about, and you're listening, you're from Dayton or Arizona, I'm not naming any names, Mo or Jason, but uh, just Google Earth, Google Maps, Sullivan Avenue in Columbus, <laughs> and just stroll up and down virtually. It's a lot safer, <laughs> yeah, straight level. The area itself, the corner of Solar, uh, Solder and Sullivan, it was like voted top five most sexually trafficked area in all of Ohio. Um, and there's times where I've been down there where they've arrested like a hundred girls for, um, you know, prostitution and things like that. But a majority of those girls are being trafficked. Um, you know, a lot of times when I'm down at the center, you see people come up and pick up these girls and it happens every day, all day. And a lot of people don't know just how close to home it is. Um, and like I said, I when I worked at Verizon, I didn't have any experience doing this at all. I didn't go to school for it. Um, Beth and Tim, I don't think you can go to school. For this. <laughs> well, you think like uh, yeah, I'm going to college, University of Phoenix, studying sex trafficking. <laughs> well, counseling or like yeah, any, some kind of training or some type of experience. Tra- yeah, so I went into it just because I lived in Mexico as a missionary. Um, this was going to be like a, mi- a missionary type of deal, and uh, I mean. The, when we first started there, it was really bad. We would have people ODing right on our steps. Um, you you literally helped save the one dude's life, right? Early yeah. On? Like I think it was my second week there. I've never I never experienced any of that stuff. I never experienced overdoses or anything like that. My only experience with that was just basically living as a missionary. And then uh, I literally it was we were literally open like. Within the first month, and a guy came in our center. And in our center, when you come in, uh, a person come in, get clothes, hygiene, shower, blankets, um, obviously food. They can sit and watch TV. Like during the winter, it's great because they can get warm out of the elements. In the summer, they can come in, get cool when it gets really cool. And one of the guys came in perfectly fine. And then I get, I hear a woman screaming outside, like you know, blood chilling, screaming outside. And the guy was out on the, on the steps. And this is when I first started working there. And then we had Narcan there. And luckily, uh, Tim, who's the admin of the organization, he was there too. And we went over there and revived him. And I, I, again, I had no experience, no idea of what I was walking into. And I walked into him and the guy was basically his skin was gray. He was been out like for a a minute. And so, Give him the Narcan, first one didn't work. Get him the Narcan again, didn't work. So they didn't start CPR. And they started trying to revive him. Meanwhile, I was on the phone calling the ambulance, and then Tim was over there giving him CPR, and he eventually came up. And, like, um, the good part of that story is, like, you know, he was crying. He didn't know what was going on. His girl was crying. You know, she thought she lost him. And, like, the the – the seriousness of the situation didn't hit me. I was just like, oh, man, that's kind of weird. I didn't understand. And then um, my boss, Beth, at the time, and I told her what happened, and she was like, she's like, he was dead. You know what I mean? He was he was dead on, on you know outside our door, and now he's alive. He gets to live again. Yeah. And then I remember when she told me that, I started crying in my car just because I didn't realize, like, it was life and death there, like, every day. So... You know, once I once that hit me, then the the realness of, you know, what 
opportunity is and what we can do down there and, and the people that we're serving down there, um, they needed help and we had opportunity to do so. Um, so the, uh, the men's center is the one I run. We started out just one day a week. And then we reach out, get more bigger community, more people, get involved, donate food, donate meals, donate clothes. We get more resources. We opened a second day a week. And then just last fall, we opened uh, a third day a week. So now uh, a man can come freely off the street, out of the homeless center, get a tent, get anything basic human need to survive. And, you know, we have every resource for them to, you know, if they want to get out of their situation that they're able to do so. Cool. How many people can you serve? So, crazy enough, like, generally, like, this week, we've probably had 50 guys per day. And that's, you know, it's like Chick-fil-A because it's like two to three hour periods. And then we have showers. Everyone needs a shower. And we literally do a shower for every minute that we're open. Wow. Wow. Um, And so, um, and that, and the good news, even though we're a men's center, um, we have a women's center as well, but at the end of the day at the men's center, we feed women. And then the men's center and the women's center, they both offer the same things, you know, food, but we're just in separate building offering the, their, the men thing, the women things. But the men can get food at the end of the women's, so each day a man or woman can get a meal at our centers six days a week for free. Um, so, like... Like, I think uh, Friday, I think we had 50 guys, and with men and women, we did, like, 90 meals in two hours. Wow. That's great. And then, like, and you said, how much can we do, like, <coughs> during COVID when everything was shutting down? We're a faith-based organization, so they couldn't shut us down. So when everything shut down, we knew we could still serve. We just had to do it in a different way, so we started serving out, out the door. We just put a table up there so no one could say, hey, COVID, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're too close right. to each other. And so we served out the door, and we, we, we fed everybody. And so when that happened, we were feeding 190 to 200 per day we were open. Wow. Um, just because we were the only option. Um, a lot of the local places, the, like the shelter was closed down because, you know, they were afraid of being too close contact. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people were left on the streets. Um, and so <laughs> the, only re- the max I know we've ever served is 200 in a certain time. But from a day-to-day basis, um, we're probably at 80, 90 mils, 50 to 50 guys every day that we're open. As far as uh, funding and food donations, where do you get the majority of that from? Word of mouth. And that's part of the reason I, I asked Randy to come on is just because um, the only way we're able to survive is via people. Um, we don't receive any government funding because, you know, we don't want to be told what, you know, if we can keep open or not keep open or be held, you know, to be able to offer services just based on how much money we get from the government. So everything that we get is uh, either from families, churches, small businesses, um, and it's uh, just fundraising. You know okay. what I mean? And uh, just... Uh, for food, for example, like I just had somebody send me like 10 Donato's pizzas on Friday and just delivered it to the house. And then everyone that came in got Donato's pizza and that they were really happy. <laughs> so, and, and the thing too is like, even though we're, we serve men, like I get a lot of kids, you know, a lot of kids live in that environment or, mm-hmm. or in the lower income housing. And I, I probably have five to six even more kids that range from seven to 12 that come in by themselves in Sullivan Avenue on the hilltop, come in my door and, 
you know, we give them food, we give them whatever they need. And I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, I don't, you know, on the news, you only hear about the worst things. You don't get to really see like the real impact of, you know, the real light of like kids coming in on Hilltop. You see Hilltop and you're like, oh, that's a really bad place. And you're like, I can't imagine uh, being an eight year old or a 12 year old or like a 19 year old. That's all they knew since they grew up and they're living in that environment. Well, yeah, and that, that harkens back to what I was saying about where you and I grew up. We grew up in bad spots. I, I literally lived on Clarendon Avenue, which is right off Sullivan, down the way a bit from where he's at. Uh, he grew up in a bad part of the North End, but I never, growing up, I never felt like I couldn't get a bar of soap. Yeah. I couldn't get a clean pair of socks. Like, I know Haynes has big, been a big supporter. Yeah. Uh, socks are not, it's stuff we don't think about. Um, well, of course. I mean, yeah, it's, no one it's, I think about underwear, but I'm weird. Yeah, but you don't worry about where you're going to get a pair. I, sometimes yeah. I do, actually. <laughs> yeah. I not, not that I'm worried about where I'm going to get them from. I worry about where I'm going to buy them from. Yeah, I don't. Christmas like, <laughs> coming around, somebody will get me some. <laughs> like, Hanes sucks, hey, unfortunately. Hanes has been a big they do supporter. Not, they do not fit me very well. Well, that's just because you got a massive schlong. No, it's very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Little dicky. Too, too, too breezy in there. Too much room. Yeah, we, my, my family, my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law, we once a month get together to, there's a homeless shelter right down at the bottom of the hill, Mm -hmm. um, holds about 24 people. So we provide usually there before. Yeah. Yeah. It's real small, but once a month we donate a meal and during the, uh, during the, uh, uh, winter and everything we donate. Blankets, scarves, socks, blank, you know, things yeah. like that. That's, yeah, it's and we huge. usually, we try and go in above and beyond, you know, because we've seen, you know, people bring in a ton of Little Caesars or whatever. And we try and do home cook because that's just. Oh, they love that. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's well, when, something when, different. When I, and the cool thing was when I was able to go there is I met some people I would have never met. Um, even growing up there doesn't mean I want to go back there necessarily. But in that environment, I was able to sit down with these people one-on-one, uh, met some one really funny old dude, um, yeah, Mike. Yeah, he's freaking hilarious. He's got jokes for days that I'd never heard, which is great because you know somebody, some old dude tells you jokes. You're like, I've heard these for thirty years. You know, yeah. he was cracking me up, but you could tell he was just so appreciative of what's being done there. And what I love about Como, like I said, they help people coming out of addiction stuff, so they can't judge. And when people hear church or faith, they shy away and don't want to even go get a free meal because they're afraid they're going to preach that. You go to the two or the three center, nobody's passing out tracks, nobody's preaching a sermon. There's just people loving on you, giving you what you need. Um, so that's that's one of the big things I love about my family members, my friends. We and we have friends that make solid money, and they will go down there almost all the time, like multiple times a week. Sometimes spend their money, spend their time just to love on people because they understand that these are still people. Yeah. They're still, you know, it's just it's just an all around good organization. Um, we I tend to donate monetarily more nowadays. Uh, it's not easy for me on Sundays to get up there or during the week. Uh, but we've uh, I've seen really cool stories come from Como. Um, friends I have today, some of them I grew up with, and some I met because of Como, are now clean and sober and helping others. You know, so uh, well, our friend Dan, he lives right here in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. We could we could have him on sometime, but. Dan grew up in church, grew up in the south end of Columbus, um, right off of South High, Reba Avenue. Uh, kind of a rough upbringing, but he got really 
hard into drugs, and he's been clean for, I think, 10? Yeah, it's been 10. 10, 10 yeah. plus years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's just trying to encourage others. You know, it's it's not about how bad you've done, what you've done. It's just people being decent to other human beings. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't expect you to be in. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like I <laughs> that's think that's why that's why I had him come when we were at Mike's place. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like people in general. <laughs> in the end, I mean, you you definitely have your preferences and your opinions, but in the end, you're still a solid dude that would help somebody in need. I think. Yeah, I did my good deed for the year this year. <laughs> well, I didn't say every day. There. Well. I also think a lot of times we forget how close we were. Luckily, me and Randy are in a very large supportive family that can be... We're also very large. Yeah, very large. But that, like, I thought that's what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> but like the kids I told you about, they're going to grow up to only know life on the hilltop. Yeah. That's all they're going to know. They're not going to know like having a nice large family. You can go to gatherings and things like that. I had a 19-year-old kid that came in. And he would argue with me back and forth. I was like, man, you, I was like, I was like, look at you, man. You have so much potential. And he's like, yeah, but I'm good at this. And I'd be like, dude, you don't know what you're good at. This was is it all selling you... drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was really good at selling <laughs> drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've talked about that. And I was like, he, he was so charismatic and he, he was smart, quick witted. And he was like, nah, I'm good at this. I could do this and make a lot of money. I'm like, dude, you have the world at your fingertips. But that's all he knew. His cap of where his life was was so low. Yeah. And that's our job there is to help break that ceiling and show them that there's different paths, different ways they can go. And we do that by consistency, uh, unconditional love, and just serving them and, yeah. and a genuine care into their lives, that what's going on in their day-to-day life. And like when they give us a problem, we try to solve it. Yo, I'll solve it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really as simple as that to... to uh, I know. We're, we're yeah. singing song lyrics. Every yeah. single DJ one. DJ Revolves it. Okay, I said yeah, it. Right. Vanilla Ice. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all, all right. caught it, but I had to say, I didn't get the yeah, Revolves right. it out. Thank you. But, <laughs> Got it. But, yeah, but like I said, like I had a guy come down one time from taking a shower, and he said, I feel like a human being again. I so, can imagine, because there have been times, yeah, like I, I don't have that problem, and that's all I've needed to feel oh, like yeah. a person yeah. again. Or brush your teeth. Yeah. I've been on camping trips for a week, and I haven't brushed my teeth. And you brush your teeth, and you're like, okay, step so, one, like yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, what's the, I guess, what's the, the amount of people, guys, girls, whatever, that want to get out and want help versus the ones that are just like, nah, I'm cool here? Oh, there's a lot of those. I would say I have constant conversations with, a, I would say, a group of five to eight of my 50. I don't, you know, it's less than 10%. There's yeah. a lot of people, but uh, to be fair, like it takes a long time to build that trust. You know what I mean? How many, how many times have they had family members, brothers, sisters that told them they loved them and then used them for drugs or used them? You know what I mean? Stolen from like, them. We yeah, stolen from them or just not come through. Like so, us three talk about off air even. They hear church and they think, I know what the church is like. I know yeah. what those people are like. So they, mm. it's so, hard for them to, to hear anything faith-based I'll, and I'll give you an example. I have a guy uh, named Sherm uh, that he Big came. Sherm. Yeah, he came in and like he, uh, we had a shelf up there, and he he kept taking stuff off my shelf, and he thought I didn't notice. But I I have you know my volunteers keep eyes, and the in the, the place the guys 
tend to love the place and they protect the place because they know we're there to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So I had one of the guys read another guy out and said, hey, he's taking stuff off of it. And so I had to go and confront him, and, and I had to do that multiple times. And then, like, I got to know Sherman. I got to know his, his history, and then I talked to him. And then, you know, after a while, you know, we became friends. And then, you know, and now uh, – then he started, like, picking up trash when people leave trash out. He would pl- – like, without me asking, he would take the shovel and shovel our driveway and stuff because – he knew we cared about him at that point. Did he put the stuff back on the shelf? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I had to put that. on the shelf. But and now, and, and, you know, we've been open now. Actually, at the end of this month, we'll be open four years. Now he's in a sober house. But it took four years. It took a steady dose of me being like, Sherman, you can't do this. Hey, man, I care about you. And me not turning into the cops or, you know, treating him like he's scum of the earth mm-hmm. and just being like, hey, man, I love you. You can't do this. Let's let's work through this. You know, and it, it takes time to just, you know, to build that trust, build that love and, and build that relationship with these people to let them know. And then once you get there, then you can give them the resources and then show them the world that's out there outside of the current world they're living in down on Sullivan. That's awesome. That's, yeah. That is really awesome. Yeah. I like it, too, because it's close to home. This isn't something you hear about happening Somewhere in a third else. world country. This is this is the neighborhood I grew up in, literally. Yeah. Um, the the first nine years of my life or so, seven years, were in that same neighborhood. Um, and then we moved out of it to a quote unquote better ghetto neighborhood. <laughs> and finally, my parents worked hard and and fought to get us out of Columbus and then out in the country and. Um, but going back there... The, to another ghetto neighborhood. To another <laughs> yeah. ghetto city. The ghetto of Circle was a little bit different than yeah. Columbus. The whole of, of Circleville. <laughs> of Circleville is ghetto. No, it's just white trash. Yeah, it's Slight thing. difference. I mean, uh, very, ghetto very is few, not a black term. Very few black people there. Ghetto is not a black no, term. No, I agree. It's a Nazi term. <laughs> I, mean, uh, was, I mean, if we're talking about the, the ghetto, the Jews, yeah, yeah, they, they were white, it's, yeah. Oh yeah. man, playfully but, racist. I mean, that's historical fact. Yeah. No, you're you're not incorrect. But I would say that um, the, the we learned this over time. We've changed things over time. We've evolved over time, and we just we just recently had a second girl who was uh, in uh, sex trafficking. Uh, lived that lifestyle, was on the street, and she just recently graduated from a program, and now she's reconciling with her her children. Um, and I, I know Martell asked, like, what's the percentage? I, I just, within the last six months, Sherm, who I just mentioned, and I got another guy named Ant, who are both sober now. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. It, you know, you know, obviously we don't know if it lasts forever, but that's the thing about us. Is it's a that step. It's a step, and if they stumble, we're still right there. Yeah. And I'm going to be there. They're going to see me. They know I'm going to love them. I'm going to ask them what's going on. How can I help them? How can I fix it? Now, do they come back and help as well? Oh, yeah. Sherman, like, are they? Oh, they're still, the, yeah. So I, I, Sherman was there on Wednesday. So, so that should just, that should. Grow. That's a great Theor- indicator. Theor- theoretically should help keep them on the path of not relaxing. Yeah. 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 And uh, it gives them something to live for. Right. Well, not only that, but it's also. It's it's giving back, and it's like, hey, man, you know, as opposed to the people who are running this place, I've been there. Yeah, I, you I live are here. me, yeah. and that's you are me two years ago. And that's the thing is, and I told Sherman this too as well. I had issues with uh, marijuana, you know, some pills, uh, but 
my extreme issue was uh, alcohol. You know, I would I would you know drink, go home and drink until I was fully passed out. You know, ordered. <laughs> we used to play Halo on Xbox, yeah. and all of a sudden, the, the four of us. Uh, usually, we had a lot of friends, but there was four main guys that we still the group chat I mentioned, and it'd be like two in the morning. We're all playing this tight match, you know, and we got to win. And you run by, and Jay's character's just like running against the wall. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> yeah. Jay, Jay, and his character's yeah. just like stuck in a corner. I'm like, he, he passed out while playing Xbox. Yeah, I've done that. So, <laughs> yeah, this was a nightly basis. Yeah, for a long time. I haven't done it nightly, but I've done that. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> I heard it was not great. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, it was a, good a good time, but I think that's what led me to diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. But with like, uh, oh, uh, with like uh, Sherman, for example, is like he's he's lived on the street. You know, he's gotten jumped. He's gotten beat up. You know what I mean? He's been addicted to heroin, and now he's getting better. His story will be able to impact more lives than I could ever possibly oh, do. Yeah, absolutely. And For so sure. him being an ally with me and me being in his corner can impact even more people than I can imagine. And he can tell people not to take shit off your shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, that it, used to be me two years ago. Yeah. Well, that's, now I'm shoveling snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing about, and I, that's what part of the reason I love what I do is that you started out, you had to be worried about stuff being taken or someone bringing stuff on it. Well, and I, that first year is when I first went yeah. up there. And it was like, all right, just so you know, here's kind of, you know, you may see this, you may see that. And, I was like, cool, I'm just here to serve people food and talk to them and hang out. So, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was very much the whole time we were open. I'm like looking around like, one of these mofos is going to shank me and try and rob <laughs> us. Like, it, I mean, it was, there were dudes there that I'm gonna I be looked honest. at and I was like, I'm not turning my back on that guy. That's the way yeah. I felt today at the track meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Heights was there. Oh, yeah. Height, oh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. Oh, yeah. Jay went to Heights. Falcon I don't Pride. Give, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, well, I kind of graduated some from of the, Some of the parents from that place. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it until you did. Yeah. It only took Jay four and a half years to graduate high school. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, some, of the, some of the parents from that place. Woo, boy. That, and that's, I that stayed, was going to be my high school. I, I stayed in Columbus. I stayed on the infield. <laughs> and that was, that was us moving to the better neighborhood than where I lived mm, in. Mm. I would have been going to Franklin Heights. Mm, mm. Um, but to say that, like, that, that was the f- four years. And now if you look at April 30th, which will be our four-year anniversary, you'll come on a Sunday or a Wednesday, and you'll see guys cleaning up before we open. They're picking up trash off there. They're, they get my broom, and they sweep off the porch and stuff. Now it's not my place. It's their place. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's a big there's step. There's a sense of pride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're... they're and then when I close, they're sweeping them up and they're wiping off tables for me. And that's something that can't be done. That can't something be taught. That's something you have to show them compassion. It's something you have to show them love. That's something you have to be consistent mm-hmm. and not give up on them. And then that's where you can make the real life change. Right. Well, and I'm sure when you all first went in there, and again, you know, I haven't been up there a ton. Uh, definitely not as much as some of your other volunteers in person. But when you first open. Those people in that neighborhood had to sit there and look at this and go, okay, I'm going to get what I can before they leave. Yeah. Because yep. honestly, I, I, not only did I live in that neighborhood just years ago, I worked for about five years on inner city houses in Columbus, and that was one of our territories. So I knew talking to people that lived in the houses that I was paid to do maintenance in, how they felt about their community. So a lot of them are like, yeah, we, you know, you get what you can get because no, nothing stays here. Get in, nothing get good stays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a great location, and obviously with that intersection, the, the sex trafficking thing is something that, again, most people like us, unless it's happened to somebody we know, mm-hmm. it's not something we think about on a daily basis. Uh, it's not I, something that I think a better location would be New Albany, probably. <laughs> um, 
But there's more money there. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, they have semi trucks full of kids come in and I hear Epstein Island's nice this time of year. Yeah. Um, it might be up for sale soon. <laughs> you gonna buy it? Maybe. <laughs> but don't change the name. <laughs> no. Just keep it the name. They, they unfortunately they tore down the, the uh mansion. Unfortunately. <laughs> Man, there goes the dungeon and everything. Yeah. Shit. I mean that's just added cost. You gotta rebuild. Now. I gotta rebuild, that's the problem. It's like living in Alabama after a hurricane. <laughs> we have fun here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even we talk. Even we talk serious. Uh, we have fun here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just a cool program. Jay, how can people if people want to send a meal or a monetary donation? I know some of our friends and family for the, they do the birthday fundraisers. They do it for the Como programs, Como mm-hmm. Recovery. How can people reach out to you or donate? If they feel so led to do so, I'm not going to guilt trip anybody, but you're basically a human piece of garbage if you don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, trust me. As like I said, we've been incredibly busy uh, this time. So clothes, uh, travel size hygiene, blankets. Um, if you want to prepare a meal, uh, just enough for 70, 75 servings could be 70, 75 or 70 to 75 hot dogs, 70 to 75 hamburgers, uh, breakfast sandwiches. You know what I mean? doesn't have to be anything, uh, you know, crazy. 70 pieces of rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I can do that. Uh, clothes. Um, we have a furniture bank as well. So if they want, if they have old furniture they want to drop off, uh, we're connected with a moms to be program where we provide furniture to uh, new moms and their babies and their apartments. Um, so we we're in the furniture bank. I do that when I'm not doing the men's center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so a couple ways you could do so. You can email me at jefftaber 3 at gmail.com. Spell your last name out. Yeah. T as in Tom. A as in Apple. B as in boy. O. R. All right. And then uh, our website is www.comocomo-cares.org. Um, and then you could do, and the last thing is uh, the my center is called the Two Men's Respite Center, and we are on Facebook. And I usually respond rather quickly if they had any questions, want to drop off anything. Either of those options, uh, whether you prepare a meal, want to you know drop off clothes, hygiene products, blankets, um, contact us anywhere on, on those platforms. Now, do you guys take – here's something I do when I go travel for work. I stay one night at a hotel. I go to the next site, one night at a hotel. I take all those, save them so I got a decent amount and take them up there. Uh, so any of you that travel, grab those out of the hotel, especially if you don't use them. Throw them in a bag. Um, you can reach out to us, and I will get them to Jay. Um, and what about you stuff? I know for a while you guys were looking for shoes and boots, especially boots in the winter. Mm-hmm. What if I have a pair of lightly used boots? Yeah, I'll take I'll sh- shoes are high priority because a lot of times even more so, uh, people, when they're on the street in the summertime, a lot more people are outside. They're walking a lot when it's cold. They're all stuck in the homeless shelter cause they're trying to stay warm. Um, so this is a perfect season where they're going to need a lot of shoes. Cause I've had people walk from like. <laughs> like four miles, five miles, six miles, just to come to our center, and so and they don't even know what sometimes what shoe size they are at that moment. So they're in shoes that are way too small, way too big. Um, so I I can always use shoes because um, you know there's nothing better for them to, especially a lot of times when they come in drenched from walking in the rain, and now they have a wet shoe that I can replace it with. You know, I, I remember one time we got donated a, a pair of Jordans. 
and there was a guy that had. Some, I was just about to make a joke about somebody <laughs> donating vintage no, Jordans. No, they did. They, it was like a Jordans, and then like a guy had the the most busted shoes came in, and he went and took a shower. And one of my volunteers like, "Can I give him this?" And then I was like. Yeah, you can give them that. Did it, you check the price first on the? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> How about you give them to me, and then I'll buy him some Converse. But, yeah. I'll say, you but he sell he, those on some eBay, hey dudes. and you buy some. And only some Martell was here. Yeah. Hey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martell sells his shoes. Buy some hey dudes. Yeah. Sup, some Walmart sup fellas. These are brand new. These brand new dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but he put on the shoes. You don't want these janky ass Nikes? <laughs> <laughs> these are made by China kids. Yeah, with tiny hands. <laughs> Like the the elf, uh, the mini elves, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But he, we put on the shoes, and he started getting emotional. Like he hasn't had a good pair of shoes, and he said he hadn't had a pair of shoes to fit in a long time. Mm. And so sometimes we forget, like a shower, a pair of shoes, like dry socks. How little it takes to make someone's day. He lied to you. <laughs> he knew those Jordans were worth a lot. He of didn't money. know I was pulling out Jordans when he asked for shoes, though. When he saw him, he's like, oh, my God, I can go to the pawn shop. <laughs> Down here at the pawn shop. No, that's really cool. Pop, no, that's, pop, that's pop, good. Pop. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. So, yeah, if you guys, if anybody out there has anything, wants to donate, get a hold of Jeff. Uh, contact me. If, you, if I need to run to Dayton, I'm not flying to Arizona. Jason, you don't have to mail him. Um, he ain't mailing you any Jordans. You're <laughs> Jason. Jordash. Mail, <laughs> yeah, you get mail some. me some Jordans. <laughs> From TJ Maxx. Jordans. So, uh, I actually, when I was growing up, I wanted Jordan so bad because that's what the cool kids were wearing with their starter jackets. And I saved up all my birthday and Christmas money and I had like 120 bucks, which back then was like, that's you can buy a bike and a Nintendo yeah. for that, but yeah. not Jordans. So I ended up with Sean Kemp Rainmans. <laughs> but if you happen to find a pair of Sean Kemp Rainmans that are still good condition, you can send those to us. <laughs> we'll well, sit, pass them out the center, someone would be like, who the F is Sean Kemp? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will. I will put all this information. I'll get everything from you, Jeff. Yeah. We'll, put some and, links. Uh, get some links. Get some other things. Maybe create a QR code or something so people can just scan it real easy. Yeah. Look at you, man. Get Smart. to it. Yeah. yeah thank, QR codes are the way to go. Thank you guys for having me on. Like I said, Randy's asked me to come on for other stories, and I was just like, you know what? It's good to come on different podcasts or different places and just explain what we do because I think there's a there's a opportunity for knowledge of what's going on in the inner city of Columbus and then the resources that are available um, and people can donate and we're not we're not goodwill we're not you know uh, Salvation Army we're not in a warehouse like literally everything you give us is going directly back to the street yeah I'm going to use what you give me tomorrow or Friday you know yeah so if you drop something off go down to Sullivan Avenue the next day and watch all the look at all the people hey, on the road because you might see you I, might see that item. Hey, I have that happen. My volunteer came down. And he's like, "Hey, that's my shirt." <laughs> <laughs> so it is real. So again, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, this is uh, oh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. We didn't have you on again just to have fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is a good opportunity. Not I, that didn't come out right. You're right. This was a great opportunity for you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good opportunity to have you on the show. Is what I was going to say. But uh, yeah, we've got Jay and I have stories for days. Oh yeah. Um, you should get a podcast. Just from that second, uh, we should. <laughs> like, hey, like, can I borrow some equipment? <laughs> the funny part from the last episode, he talked about the $60 at Louisville. Mm-hmm. So the funny context, I'll have to listen to both podcasts to remember, is Randy came down and he said, I only have $120 to spend <laughs> <laughs> the whole trip. And then he bought like four. After, like I'd already paid the cost of the hotel and stuff. Yeah. But I had like 120 bucks spending money. 
And, the, and I was like, I was 60 bucks in the first five minutes. He bought, he bought like Captain Coast size this big and obviously our size. And he's like, hey, there's half my boom, money. Boom, boom, boom. Like, Son of a. And we we're all looking at him like, dude, now, what are you going to do? Hey, once you're out, you're out. I started yeah. showing my titties for free drinks. <laughs> People throw through beer. They'll be like, I will ah. buy you a drink. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> Sir, please. Isn't it like in Coyote Ugly when John Goodman gets on the bar? Yeah. Like, Put some of oh, it on. Yeah. I'm like, buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Randy. All right, great. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Hey, thank, thank you. you, guys. you know, thanks for all the information. And like I said, we'll get all that like compiled. compiled. Yeah, compiled. That's a good word. I was going to say corrugated. <laughs> we'll get all that corrugated. Corrugated, corrugated. corrugated is not the, the word that I was looking for. <laughs> so oh, I'm man. dyslexic. Fancy words. You are. I'm so dyslexic. Big, big. That's four cylinders, man. I know. Four cylinder words are hard to read. Jesus. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Martel. Mexican Martel. Yeah, Mexican Martel. Mexican Martel. El Martel. (laughs) El Martelli. (laughs) For Michael, Randy, and Jeff, we're out. Goodbye. Bye.